Hello and welcome everybody to the Life Change Podcast. My name is Melissa. Which welcome to episode 13. Lucky number 13. Today, guys, we have our first guest. It's so exciting. Yes, it is gonna be exciting. I'm so excited for everyone to meet. Our guest, her name is Beth Heyer. She is a mom. She is a business owner. She is a long-distant friend. So it kind of really just fits in with everything that we're excited about. And she's a lady. So, of course, lady power. We're excited about that. But first, we are going to talk about our weeks and check in with each other. Whitney? Oh, Tired of the Whitney Whitney. You go. So my week has not been bad. It's much better than the previous two weeks. I'll say that much. Um, I'm still not like 100% motivated with life, but it's much better than what it was. Um, Volleyball is picking up. We played in a tournament last week. We ended up third in our tournament, which was pretty awesome for our first tournament. And I had I had my tiny roommate staying with me a little bit this week, so that's always fun and exciting. Um, but other than that, my week was kind of just whatever. I did binge watch um, uh, this uh, reality show on Netflix called The Circle, and it's about uh, social media, like becoming an influencer. Except it's not really because there people are living in a like a they are in their own apartments. And you can't see anybody, so everything is just um through texts and posts and uh, some people are catfished because some people aren't using their actual pictures and so there's drama there and every week every every day I think someone gets eliminated they get blocked and they lose the show so it was interesting like it's a good like uh background kind of show like you don't have to watch every minute of it like it was something I would have, like, on in my TV in the basement, like, while I was at my computer working. And you could kind of, like, noise and check in. You didn't have to, like, pay attention. Like, some shows you have to pay attention. This one you do not have to pay attention to. <laughs> so I would not necessarily wouldn't recommend it as, like, a sit down, like, make my popcorn, have my ice cream. Like, my, but it's definitely a good background noise show. I don't know. That's not, that's not really a ringing endorsement, but, it, I mean. It's funny because there are some really cool like characters on there. There's one gentleman, um, like he's a he's a gay man and he's really sweet and nice. Um, there's a girl, Sammy. She is adorable. I like her a lot. Um, but there are some like cool characters. I mean, there's also some like crazy, but there are some cool characters on there. Did they go into this house and they do they already have? following are they nobodies like what's the trip they're nobodies i mean they're making up like a fake social media it's called like yeah yeah they build their social media like on circle and it's like people like you vote on they rank each other and then does the outside world see this no it's just like internal yeah it's just internal it's just it's a popularity contest between themselves but they never meet each other i heard a little bit about it yeah right and so they but they don't they they don't come face to face. Because some people aren't actually playing themselves. Like, there's one dude who uses his girlfriend's pictures. Um, there is a, a gay lady who uses, I don't know whose pictures, some random pictures. I don't know where they got those pictures. 
um, to play like a really hot straight female because this lady was like a plus size. And then there was a straight plus size girl who like does social media for a living for a plus size um, clothing company. And like on the se- her second or third day there, like she came clean about who she really was and like shared her actual pictures and people were really supportive of that. So, I mean, that was kind of cool. It's not riveting in any way. Like I said, my best endorsement is it's a good background show. Yeah. And it's there are some funny parts. So. And I know I'm like 10 years late on this, but I finally finished. I've been watching it like off and on for a couple of months. I finally finished The Office. You did? Yeah. So I hated the last season. I was so annoyed at Pam. No, not oh. Her husband had an amazing opportunity to get out of a paper company, which is a dying industry, and she, like, has a shit fit about it. She didn't have a shit fit yes, about it. Yes, she did. She was crying and making googly eyes at the, at the boom mic guy. Yes, she did. No, she did not. She was doing everything. He was not that gracious about it either. She was, like, holding down everything. And I think she was being very gracious about him not being home like 50% of the time while she was a solo parent of two small, small children and working full time while he went off and pursued his dreams. And meanwhile, then later she worked on, ended up selling their house so that he could go do it full time. So right. I don't accept the, her having a shit fit. I think that would be a very hard situation. If but she didn't want to make an effort to move there or anything. But she winds up moving there. No, they end up moving to Austin, not Philadelphia. Well, they, whatever. They wind up moving. She's moved to Atlanta recently. I mean, if I had to pick between Austin and Philadelphia, I would definitely pick Austin, too. But So, no. I don't ah. agree with that. And we disagree. Her having a fit about it. I think he also was not very considerate and understanding of her, mm. her view on this, either. He also wasn't like, I'm quitting and doing this. It was like, well, I'll be here and I'll be there. And, duh, duh, and like, she had family and things there, too. It's not just, okay, I guess we'll leave. I just, I didn't like Pam in the last season. I disagree. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I think you're wrong. Yep. Anyway, how was your week, Whitney? Whoa. Uh, did you share any more drag queen uh, videos with Lorelai? I did not. I didn't see any drag queen videos. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to hit her up tomorrow with some drag queen shit because I need to enjoy that back. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys typically do on Sundays? Um, Sundays we usually run errands and like get out of the house with the family because it's literally the only day we're all together. Oh, Joey doesn't work on Sundays. Mm, not usually. Oh, okay. That's good. That's kind of nice. So, uh, but he, like, do you let him sleep in a little bit and then kind of get oh, up? Oh, yeah. And do Saturdays and Sundays he sleeps in because he works really late. Friday. Well, Saturday mornings and gets in the end of the Sunday. Yeah. So he'll sleep in and then um, we usually have some errands, something that we might need to do. And we just like grocery shopping, that kind of or, stuff? Or? Yeah, he usually does that by himself. Oh, okay. Uh, which I appreciate. And then, like I said, we usually have some errands. 
but then there's something else that we usually will do because I'm like, okay, I need to go to the house. Let's go to the yeah. Zoo. And then we just end up maybe going for a random drive and doing something random. Just that's kind of fun though. Yeah, I enjoy it because it it really is the only day we're all together, and I really don't usually like to give that time up or share that with people either because it really is the only day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I usually try to keep some days for ourselves. Tomorrow, my mom is gonna watch the kids for a few hours. Joey and Brian just got back from Long Island where he's working. So, Aww, what are you guys gonna do? I have no idea. I'm gonna just sit in, sit in your silent house and just relax. Well, she's gonna come over here. And we're gonna leave. Oh, uh, we'll go sit in her we'll silent house her. and relax. <laughs> I don't know what we'll do. Maybe go get lunch. I don't even care. We could drive around in the car for three hours and just out. She'll just yeah. No one's saying, "Mommy." Mommy! Uh, or naming all the colors of the cars as we go by. <laughs> or randomly being like, look at this! I'm like, I can't. My neck doesn't move like an owl. But, no. but look at it! <laughs> uh, when I'm driving, like, to vo- like sometimes like I have to drive with Paul to, like, volleyball practice or we'll go get food or whatever. He'll be on the, in the backseat. Um, usually, like, listening to, or playing on his, iP- on his uh, iPad. And he'll, like, we'll be driving down the road and he'll be like, Hey, can I show you something? And I'm like, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no you cannot. I know the kids get. Lorelai does that. He's like, look at this, or let me, mommy, let me show you my face. And then he's literally, I'm like, what? No, I can't. I can't turn that way, kiddo. Or I'll just pretend. I'll be like, uh huh, cool. But she's like, you're not looking. I can't fool anymore. Yeah. Or he'll ask me like really weird questions, like, what's the uh, what's the capital city in like some random country? And I'm like. I no idea. I was like, you have an iPad. Look it up. Yeah. I don't know. Ask, ask Siri. Siri knows everything. Come on. I, I, sometimes I'm like, does he really, is he really like wanting to know this or is he like quizzing me to see how smart an adult it really is? Like, Maybe I don't remember I remember that being stuff. young and thinking like adults knew everything because we'd be yeah. driving by. I'd be like, what's in that building? And like my parents always knew. But as I got older, I just realized, oh, they could read the signs and I just couldn't because my Oh, vision, I was going to say no they made idea. it up. No, I was like, oh, I had no idea that sign was even there, and I couldn't see it, and they could. So they just were reading. Oh, that's yeah. da, 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 da. I'm like, ugh, I thought they were so smart. They're not. Mm-hmm. They just can read, and they can see. Good for them. Yeah. All right, guys. We are so excited to have our first guest. So let's jump and introduce Beth. So I initially met Beth. I think uh, I was drinking back. I think it was like. 2011, possibly 2012, but I'm pretty sure it was 2011. Um, it was my second, like, big girl job. I was leaving a small computer company for a, um, a considerably larger uh, company. I was coming into, like, a sales services position and transferred into recruiting. And I remember initially meeting Beth and kind of being intimidated by her, not from any type of personality flaw, but just as a, like, I was maybe, like, 23... <laughs> I was maybe like 23 and still learning. And this tall woman would just walk around the office with purpose. She took no shit off of anybody. She always knew what she was talking about. And she just always had her shit together. And I just was intimidated by it. But also, like, I want to be like that a little bit more. Like, I was still I was still in that phase of, like, oh, I'm sorry. Is there anything else I can do? I apologize. And that was not what Beth was like at all. And then slowly we got to know each other and like hung out, uh, hung out outside of work and really got to know each other. So, um, she is awesome. She's always been extremely busy. I remember 
Beth, one time you were doing like a charity, you made 31 quilts in 31 days. And I just remember being like, how is that even possible? <laughs> what? That's, I did that. I know. You meth part time? <laughs> how? That was bad. What a good Did you spend the next month drinking every night to recover? Oh, I mean, I was probably drinking every night when I was making the quilts, but I probably doubled it up the next month after that. <laughs> what did the quilts look like at the end? I imagine They were kids' quilts. I'd be like, I don't even give a shit. No, no. I was, like, really prepared for it. I was really prepared. Like, I had every quilt for the whole month, like planned out like I knew what I was doing some of them were easier than others but I mean they were all like cute quick kid quilts I have to find a picture of myself with all of my quilts somewhere yeah I don't even I don't think I could even make 31 no so like tie blankets in a knot in 31 days <laughs> I, I they all of them were sewn <laughs> yes and I had like strict rules for myself like the old ladies that like worked there with me were like well we'll sew the binding on and I was like no you will not there's no way like I these are mine yeah oh I love it but of course, because the first time I met you was at that Pinterest party. Beth threw this <laughs> Pinterest party, and I was at Melissa's house, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to this party, so you're just, you'll come with me." And I was like, "Okay." And uh, yeah, Beth had planned out all of these Pinterest crafts all around her house with screenshots, and they all made Pinterest cards, and it was amazing. So, it was super organized too. It was yeah. very organized. I still my terrarium is still with me from that very day. <gasps> oh my god! I think I just. I think on our, our last little, like, sweep, I just got rid of my little, like, glass writing board because I was like, I'm afraid the kids are going to this. And, like, <laughs> I there's nowhere I can put this where they're not going to throw it. I I still have my, like, memo writing board uh, because it has it has uh, Michael's handwriting on it, just like an F for Fauché. Oh. And so, like, I put it on so it doesn't get accidentally erased. I put it, like, above my cabinets so it's just, like, sitting up there with, like, his handwriting on it. So I still oh, have mine. Oh, that's so special. That makes me feel like I'm like double happy I'd have that party then. Like, <laughs> no. That was the weekend. Um, I found out I was pregnant with Grant like the, earlier that week. So I was like secretly pregnant. So that was in, um, what, March of 2014. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, yeah. I, I was pregnant. And I had left. We just started telling people. I had left like where Beth and I were working together and I think uh, uh, Beth and I and another friend we met for lunch and we didn't know but she pulls out her phone and she's like I made this and we're all thinking because Beth is like very crafty and it's a sonogram you're like I made this and I was like that's the best way to tell someone you're pregnant ever. I thought it was going to be quilts and it was a thing. Yeah everybody thought it was going to be quilts. <laughs> that's awesome. I made this and I was being like that's awesome. Oh my god I do not remember. I mean like I remember this but I like was Oh, cute. I love it. Oh, Beth. We're so grateful. As our first guest. I feel so special. Well, it's a lot of pressure, too, because it doesn't go well. You're also our last guest. Well, hey, you know, wow. <laughs> I'm just wow. teasing you. Bring that out there. <laughs> That's not you guys. Sorry if you're going to have to record this whole episode again tomorrow night because I ruined it. <laughs> We're like, so we did have a guest scheduled. <laughs> Well, the reason we wanted you as our first guest is because you do so much. And yeah. we're like, who, if we could get someone on, who would it be? And we both were like, oh, my God, Beth, because you are um, the 
badass lady in general, but because you are an entrepreneur, because you've had such an amazing journey in your life, because you are a mom, because you are such a devoted friend, and because we also are so amazed at your ability to instantly have friends and, like, just do that. So we want to talk about that for sure. And Um, the fact that last summer you, like, sold your dream house, bought an RV, and started traveling with your whole family out of nowhere. Well, out of... No, probably not for you, but for everyone else, like from the outside looking in, it felt like it was from out of nowhere. We're just like, okay. No, it, was, it was a little from out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, good. Good. Yeah. So we just were like, oh my God, she has so much to talk about. We want to know everything. We're going to pick your brain. <laughs> okay. Um, but, so when did you move to, when did you move to Tia? I moved to Texas October of 2018. We left Ohio. I'd been there for, what, like 35 years of my life and uh, I wasn't super excited but my husband got offered kind of his dream job at the time uh, so we sold our house and I packed up and left all of my amazing mom friends and friend friends and everybody in Bexley, Ohio and moved to Texas, come to Austin Such a leap What? Uh, how did you just do that? I can't imagine being like, okay, I mean, you want to do what you can for your husband, of course, but also just be like, I'm going to leave everybody I know, and we're going to essentially start over, move to Texas, no support. Like, how Like, how could you dig down and find the strength to do that? I think it's amazing. Uh, it was hard. It was hard. I mean, it was really hard. Um, he was interviewing. Like, we knew he kind of, we, he was ready for something new, and he'd been job searching for a while, and I mean, the job... The process to get a job, especially a senior level physician job, is months and months and months. And it was just, you know, waiting to hear and he's interviewing at different places. And so it, it just felt like the ball was up in the air for so long. Um, so I kind of knew we were going to go somewhere. So I was preparing myself a little bit. Um, and then we had a trip planned to come down to Austin to interview for my husband to meet some more people down here. It was his second trip. And I was going to be meeting with a realtor. And um, we didn't have the offer in hand yet. And I was like, I'm not calling. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm not going until we get the offer. I'm not, you know, I'm not leaving my kids. I'm not wasting my time. I mean, I was, like, adamant that I was not going. And, of course, we didn't have the offer. And I got on the plane. And that night when we got to Austin, we got the offer. And it was perfect. It was everything we wanted. Um, so I spent the next day by myself with a realtor going around every neighborhood in Austin looking at houses. And um, that was Fourth of July weekend. second day almost by accident we found what wound up being our dream home and you know made an offer on it on the spot and um, I think we had signed the paperwork before we even got on the plane back home Um, and then began the process of you know it went from this being this like is it gonna happen is it gonna happen is it gonna happen till in one weekend we had made an offer on a house on Craigslist Um, you know then it came down to trying to get our house together and telling everybody that it was officially happening Oh my gosh, selling a house with children is uh, I can only imagine. We literally cleaned the house. My husband cleaned the house. I came home Friday. It was beautiful. And by this morning, it looked like we had a small war going. So I cannot imagine having open houses with two small kids. Yeah. Well, and I've done it like twice now. Um, Yeah. And I mean, my kids then were um, three and two. 
Um, and you know, and he was just, we were living a good life and we had great people. I had, I was, um, running the mom's club in Bexley at the time. And, um, I volunteered with Franklin County Children's Services a lot. I hadn't been working for a couple of years, um, working, working for a paid position. But, <laughs> um, but I was, I was on a couple boards with Franklin County Children's Services. I was mentoring a young lady I'd known for a couple of years and, you know, it's just, it was time. And part of me kind of was excited about the adventure, but I was really, really sad. I mean, like, I feel like I had like six going away parties and I like remember vividly kind of my last one, like standing on the corner in Bexley where, you know, we had so many memories and just like sobbing, just like openly sobbing. Me and like six or seven of my, of my girlfriends were just like crying and, you know, you kind of feel like, you kind of just feel so helpless and lost and you, you know, you know, you're going to a town where you know no one, you know, you don't trust it. Not only do you not know anybody maybe, but like you don't trust anybody. Like you have to build the trust with people again and, and figure out who, who your crew is going to be again. I mean, it's terrifying. How have you done that? I mean, because well, it I was, looks like. Yeah. I was going to say like shortly after you got there, I mean, and I know social media only says so much, right. But, I remember, like, it seemed shortly after you got there, you were already, like, had a new mom tribe and, like, yeah. were going on adventures with your kids, like, right away. Did you pre-plan yeah. any of that? Or? Um, yeah, so, um, let's see, we made the offer on our house July 5th, and I started Internet Dating Moms on July 6th. <laughs> um, Wait, how do you do that? What? Oh, my gosh. I am the, this, this podcast is basically Internet Dating for Moms. Like, I will teach you how to date moms on Instagram. That is my key to success. So I started following every mommy blogger in Austin. I started following everybody and everybody I could um, that lived in the neighborhood I was going to live in, which is Circle C. Um, I started, I reached out to my mom's group in Bexley and said, does anybody know anybody in Austin? And three or four or five of my friends said, oh, I went to college with this girl who, um, you know, now lives in Austin with her husband. I haven't talked to her in 15 years, but like, here's her phone number. Um, (laughs) And, like, like those people are my friends now. Um, so, you know, like, you just start chatting on Facebook. Like, hey, I'm moving to Circle C. And they're like, oh, I live in Circle C. And check this out and check this out. And, you know, what school should I go to? And um, I connected with a mommy blogger. Her handle's Life Anchor. She runs a blog. And she was a huge help. Um, her, our kids were basically the same age. Um, and she had, you know, like, already a blog of all the things to do in Austin. And she answered all of my questions and helped with so much. And there were other moms like that. Um, and it's funny, there was a Circle C Moms Club. And I was currently, you know, uh, you know, one of the, I was the leader running my mom, running the Moms Club in um, Bexley. And I'm like, okay, well, let me get in touch with the Moms Club. You know, that's how I found all my people. That was my support. And I was trying for months and couldn't get them to get back to me, right? Like, oh, wow. Oh, my God. Like, I'm a mom, you're a mom, I'm trying to join your club, and it was, it was stressful. I mean, it was, I thought that getting in this mom's club would, like, you know, that would make me feel so much better, and that would open the door. Yeah. Um, and a friend of a friend um, who I'd been corresponding with, I'm like, what's up with this mom's club? And she said, well, they basically kind of have shut down. Um, they, you know, the, the members kind of, their kids kind of aged out of the play date age, and it's just kind of been sitting there, and, and nobody's messed around with it. Um, so that I maybe found that out in September, and you know, immediately every you know, I'm like 
crying to my girlfriends in Ohio about this. And they're like, you're going to be running that club. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> whatever. Um, they're like, they're like, I don't know why you're so worried. Like, you're just going to run it's it. It's going to be yours. Just don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'd been here probably like two weeks and I felt like, I don't know, I didn't have enough mom friends. So I posted a, basically like a, a want ad on our residence page. Um, and it was, um, it was <laughs> me drinking beer and it was like, you know, in search of friends, you know, I like to, um, bitch about my children and <laughs> drink on a Tuesday and, um, you know, like this is who I am. This is where I came from. Um, this is, you know, what I'm looking for. And it was, if I've ever had anything go viral in my life, uh, that went viral and oh <laughs> like within my circle C residence page, right? Like as viral as you can go. So there was like 182 people, right? And it was like, it became apparent that there was a need for this kind of mom's group to come back. And, and you know, there were people that weren't moms and they wanted to hang out too and everything. And I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't discriminate. Uh, you know, as long as you don't like, you want to, you know, hear about how I got my C-section scar. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to host a, um, I'll host a mixer at my Right. Um, and, and also as a result of this uh, Facebook post, the woman who was kind of the one trying to bring back the mom's club patients, um, she's like, hey, I'm trying to bring back mom's club. Do you want to help? Blah, 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 blah. So um, that kind of conversation got started. And I scheduled a little mixer at my house. And um, there were, um, I think there were 62 yeses and 148 maybes. And um, there was mom's groups. Uh, in Austin sharing my event as if it was like a, you know, like at a bar, not like at Oh my gosh. Um, so I had to like reach out to like Austin Moms Tribe and be like, hey, um, if you could delete that from your page, uh, that'd be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't so, have like people just randomly showing up. No, no. I was like, I was like, I cannot tell my husband. There are a hundred, there was like a hundred and some maybes for this event. And like, it was like 50 or 60 guesses. I mean, we'd been here for a month, right? <laughs> oh my God. That would so, have been that surprise. Like, I mean, yeah, no, come on. <laughs> no, he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been surprised. He, he wouldn't have been, I mean, he, I would have got like a very serious eye roll. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, he, yeah, he, he would have been fine. Um, and then, uh, so about, I don't know, 25 people came. It was amazing. I like, there are people that were there that night who, um, it's hard for me sometimes and I, I feel bad. I meet a lot of people, um, a lot. And there's a lot of people who like remember where they met me, but I don't necessarily remember where I met them. Um, but there's a lot of people who I meet, you know, who I run into again from for now and they're like, Oh, I met you at that party you had at your house where you were looking for girlfriends. And I'm like, Yeah, that was that was definitely me. Um and then also, you know, within about a week later after that, um, we uh, had a meeting at patient's house and we started the mom's club back up. So I moved quick. Um, yeah. so as my husband says, mom group now? so I'm not, te- I'm not technically the leader. Um, but there's a, there's like three or four of us that kind of help run it. And I am, I'm one of those. Okay. I'm, so you're, a, you're a co-leader. Yeah. 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 I would say I was a co-leader, but, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm still running this mom group. We have 240 moms. Um, we meet about, we have events probably, 12 times a month. Um, oh like, <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, so it's every, like today, you know, like the little two, you stay at home moms and the kids aren't in school, went to the zoo or, you know, that was yesterday. And like last night we all went out to dinner and we played Bunko once a month and we have a book club once a month and we go to trivia and we go to drag queen bingo and we, uh, you know, just have like wine nights at everybody's house. So we usually have about one mom's night out a week. We usually have a couple play dates every week um, for bigger and littler kids. Um, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of us, and we are doing cool things. So I'm gonna move to Austin just for the mom group. Well, you can find one in, in Cincinnati. No, you can find one, or you can start one. Now, I do you personally go to every mom's group? Oh, do you personally go to every mom's group? No. Okay. Not every group. I mean, no, every group. because I. No, no. So now my kids are in school, um, part time plus, I'd say. And, you know, I have seven jobs, so I'm a little busy. Um, so I can't go to the daytime play dates anymore, um, which okay. makes me really sad. Um, but we, I go to most of the evening ones, and we're planning a big – our, our fiscal year starts in March, so we're planning our big annual, you know, party. And um, I, I, I booked a party bus a couple times to the club, and then we all <laughs> – Oh, my gosh. I, so that's why part of why my voice sounds like this because I party bus last weekend. Um, oh. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buses are really loud and you kind of yell over them. Um, but in the spring, I booked a party bus wine tour and there were I don't know forty of us that went on the wine tour and I had it all scheduled and food and drinks at everyone and then and then of course every person I meet then becomes you know my friend. So my party bus, my party bus guys, you know had a special going in January, so I hopped on that and said, hey, I just booked a party bus, so we need 20 people to make it happen. Let's do it. Venmo me, and let's go. So I'm going on a party bus last weekend. So you mentioned your seven jobs. Take us through, like, your professional career path and how we got to the seven jobs now. So take us back to the beginning. Uh, Um, (laughs) In the beginning, there was one job. Yeah, in the beginning, there was one job. Um. So basically, my kind of I had a couple little jobs before I met Melissa, but uh, that job at, at Kimmelman West was kind of my my career job. Um, so I worked there for a little bit less than ten years. I um, started as just kind of an entry level recruiter and got into some you know more senior level recruiting and got involved in the trading department and just. Um, she she didn't get involved in the trading department. She wrote. <laughs> She wrote the manager's training program. I'm not she didn't get involved in it. She wrote it and designed okay. it. I was a little involved. I'd help out <laughs> sometimes, you know, just give him some pointers. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you being there 10 years, like people don't stick around that long. I loved it. I mean, I hated it. You know, there were days I hated it. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there were days where I, I, you know, I, I, I can think of a couple days in particular where I literally like, walked out the door and, you know, my boss texted me and said, Are you going to come back? And I said, Yeah, just, you know, give me a day or two. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I had two really great um, mentors there, um, Chris and Kate, and I, you know, still am connected to them today. And um, you know, when we go back to Ohio, we, we go to lunch with Chris, and they were just really um, strong people in my lives, and, and they really helped guide my career. And um, you know, we were friends, and they, they understood when I became a mother, and, and you know, I went through a divorce when I was there, and. There was a lot of stuff that it was just a really great support group and family, and I'm, I was friends with you know a lot of people that worked there. I'm still friends with them, so it was it was kind of easy to stay, I guess. Um, so 
and, and I always had like, you know, the side gigs too, where if I, if I wasn't feeling, um, you know, satisfied in, in one aspect of my job at Kimball, I, I always volunteered or worked with nonprofits to kind of help, um, you know, uh, fill that void or whatever. So, um, I, I, the quilts Melissa was talking about, I, I helped run a nonprofit, um, that made blankets for children in foster care. I kind of on a whim, uh, not uh, gosh, it's talking about my life. I'm like, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, not. Uh, I don't have any tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. But I I keep joking that the tattoo I'm gonna get is gonna say "Make no small plans" because I can't do anything little. Everything is is over the top big. Um, so we just uh, you know I I got heard about this nonprofit and they were collecting items for kids in foster care. So I you know send out a couple emails to people and. 600 kids later, you know, we put together, you know, backpacks for every kid in 12 counties in Ohio going to foster care. Um, so that's kind of how we got started with that. And I was with them for a couple of years. And then I transitioned more working on directly with Franklin County Children's Services and mentored a couple ladies through their college bound mentor program and um, sat on a couple of the boards there for a couple of years. So I always had kind of um, that going on on top of Kimball and I traveled for them which was amazing I loved the travel I was I've been to I don't know almost every state and I'm, I've never was scared of traveling alone or eating alone and I like seeing new places and hanging out with different people every day so it was a great job for me um so then I, I sadly uh, left Kimball after I uh, sadly you know it's, it's, it's kind of take, take it or leave it I um I left Kimball um, after I had my son, I tried to go back part-time and kind of knew in my heart I was done and it was time. And um, So when my son was about six months old, I, I quit and stayed home with him. So that was, what, July of 2015. Um, and I was pregnant again within a couple of months because you know, <laughs> we wanted to have him close. And um, while I was a stay-at-home mom, I did some things because I just can't sit still besides – um, you know, the mom's club. So I was in charge of the mom's club and worked with them. Um, and then I uh, had a, I did a, like a direct sales thing for wine. Um, so that was super fun. I was Ooh, wait. Talk bit. more about the wine. Yeah. Man. So it's traveling with Vineyard. It's, you know, it's like Avon or Paper Check or whatever. But you go to someone's house and you bring six bottles of wine and you try wine and you sell wine. Yeah, but the problem was in people's houses. I didn't know that. Yes, I mean, yes. I'm surprised if you can buy like a dildo in your house. Of course, you can buy. One yeah, one. yeah. It's a little. Yeah, it was a little less risque than that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it was so fun. So I started that when um, a couple months before I got pregnant with my daughter, and so then like almost the whole job, you know, I couldn't drink a lot. <laughs> Yeah, um, you, you show up like eight months pregnant. Like I'm here to sell you yeah. like wine. Yes, you know I was definitely like the pregnant wine. Like, I buy um, from you so much more because I'd be like, oh my god, this lady needs it. Like she is so yeah. pregnant. Yeah, you have to yeah. buy all the wine, guys. All yeah, wine. and then after my daughter was born, it got it was just kind of like, you know, you had to go to the parties and you had to be out of the house by five, and it was you know, it was just a lot to try to leave my kids all night, and you know, my husband didn't get home till six, so babysitting all that. So I. I quit doing that, and then I decided I was going to start a vegan crock pot business. So I started that, and that was just uh, that. You want to talk about a husband doing an eye roll? That was. You know. <laughs> I love it. Somewhere was in there, pre, it was this pre Instapot. I mean, but that changed. Oh yes, pre Instapot. Pre-Instapot. Okay, uh, but I so I went vegan. 
Um, my husband and I decided to try going vegan for a month, and it, it lasted like I don't know six or seven months, and then I became like a vegan who made cheese. Um, <laughs> but I, I started, and I, I'd also like taken you know some like a watercolor class at the time because you know I just I can't sit still, and so I like painted my logo. I my I was called Tasty Turnip, and I had this cute little watercolor turnip logo, and I, I basically like hustled uh, frozen crockpot meals off my front porch. Um, <laughs> Love it. Vegan, frozen crockpot meals off my front porch. So, um, yeah, that was that was an interesting one. Um, it was fun. It kept me amused. But running a vegan crockpot business out of your home is, is not legal or smart. So <laughs> 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 uh, that uh, that kind of died out. Uh, and then when we came to uh, when we came to Texas, I wasn't working. I you know I I still am uh, connected to the to Haley, Haley who I meant to through Franklin County, but, you know, obviously I couldn't do that anymore. Um, and uh, at, at about the same time that I was, you know, hosting 300 people at my house for a mixer, um, I got, like, a neighborhood magazine, um, and I read an article about a nonprofit here who uh, works with families to help find opportunities for families to volunteer. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's perfect. Like, I can do it with my kids. Um so I think I'd been here about two weeks, and I went to my first um, meeting with them, and we uh, we sorted colored pencils by color. And this is so this is the way for a three year old to volunteer, right? You get a big box of colored pencils, and you put them in different boxes by color, and then you pick one of each, and you put a rubber band around them. And that was you know how three year olds did it back then. Oh, um, I love it. It was really cute. It was it was anyway. Um, so I um, you know I, I got involved with that, and that so our first meeting with them was October. Um, I got asked to be the preschool ambassador with them in, like, January, uh, and now I also sit on their board. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes. off topic, but I'm going to, outside of this podcast, I'm going to need you to take, like, uh, with me, like, meet with me once a week and, like, just help me get my life organized because I have, like, four things and I can't stay organized. So I'm going to need you to teach me how to stay organized. Uh, I'll send you some screenshots of my calendar. It's, it's <laughs> Well, and the funny thing is, we joke about me being Type A because I'm I'm real up there Type A, but like, yeah, not compared to Beth. Sorry. No, I mean compared to you, I'm just like I'm an asshole who <laughs> like it's hysterical because I'm like so Type A. I'm like no, bitch, you're like Type F, maybe <laughs> as close as you're getting. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't know. Like, I mean, but so I wouldn't. I would. Yes, I am Type A. Um, but I just my I think my Ultimately, my, my downfall is I'm unable to say no. I basically, so I, I recently got asked to be on the board for Austin, it's called Austin Allies. And I, I, I like, was like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I talked to my therapist. My therapist was like, you are not doing this. Um, I remember and, one time your New Year's resolution was to say no more. My New Year's resolution every single year since 2013 has been to say no more. And let me tell fail you every that. year? Let me tell you how that yeah, you're doing this podcast when you don't have time to. So, yeah. Well, no, you know, you make time for things you want to do. And that's like, like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, I work. <laughs> like, I work. It I work. Like, fun. Yeah. No, like, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't watch TV. I don't read books. Um, I scroll but Instagram. But you're in a book I, club. No, I'm not in the book. Oh, my God. No. Oh. No. Okay. No, book- <laughs> like, I don't oh, know. no, no. No, no, no. I, uh, no, no, no. I am not in charge of the book club. I, okay. I host, uh, I, I mainly do the mom's night out stuff and the party buses and the volunteering okay. opportunities. Yeah. 
I, I told myself I wasn't going to say yes to this board. And then I, like, I even sent her an email. I was like, here's all the reasons I'm not going to do this. And she's like, okay, that sounds great. Let's meet for lunch. And then like, you know, halfway, oh. half, halfway through lunch, I'm like, all right, just, you know, I'm going to do it. Like, just come on. Just tell me like, all right, fine. Tell me what I need to do. Um, you're, you're a recruiter. You know what the meet me for lunch is going to happen. You walked into that one. No, I did. I totally did. And, and I knew, I knew deep down the whole time I was going to say yes. I just like, you know, I like playing games with myself sometimes. You're playing hard to get. Games. You're like, no. Yeah. I have the, like, I have the power. Yeah. I think yeah. they know. And then you're like, I am allowing myself. Yeah. I'm really Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My decision. Yeah. So I had Austin Allies. Um, and then, so this summer, or not this summer, last summer, I guess, um, my husband, uh, you know, we accepted our dream job. We moved into our dream house last October. And about April, he's like, you know, I'm not sure if this is my dream job. Um, and we're like, okay, let's okay. Did you want to shake him? You're like, I just moved my whole life across the country, and now you're not sure? So, so yes and no. But this is how I um, think about my move to Texas, is that was ripping the Band-Aid off. So, like, once you okay. rip the Band-Aid off, like, everything else, like, I up my entire family and moved to Texas like I can, that kind of like gives you like that superhero feeling right like if I could leave all of my friends and start over I could do anything like that's kind of like was my mentality um so my husband decided he wanted to change his career a little bit uh, he is was a clinical physician so he was in the office seeing patients and um decided that he'd always been a lot into writing and research and decided he wanted to kind of transition into writing and research be able to have a little bit more flexibility in his job, be able to spend more time with the kids. Um, so with that meant, um, you know, him having to find a new job. And also we thought it would probably give me a pay cut also. So I was like, okay, well, I, I should probably start looking um, for some work. You know, let's, let's just start grounding. So I um, got asked to, um, or I kind of casually maybe applied, I think, because I was kind of like, I need more on my plate and I need to make some money because I stay in Maine. Um, the magazine that I found out about uh, Austin Alice through was looking for someone to work for them. So I reached out to them and I met them and I became their content coordinator. So my job was to um, find people in my neighborhood who were interesting and convince them to write stories about themselves, right? Easy peasy. I feel so, like you could do that. I feel like that yeah. is right up your alley. So I did that. Um, I did it. Um, so I started with them maybe like April or May, and then I did it while I was on the road. Um, and then um, they, the, the, the couple owned a couple magazines, and they actually um, just decided to not kind of continue running the one that I was doing. Um, so I, I got fired, I guess. So that's kind of cool. Um, I've never been fired. Um, I wasn't actually fired. They brought like cues and like an apology. But, um, so they closed the magazine. <laughs> so that was in, um, that was like, in January, like right at right to Christmas and New Year's, so I was like, "Yes, like I'm down a job," because I also, um, and then over the summer, also I um I was like, "Well, I'm a recruiter, so I should be doing recruiting." So I took a job with Accounting Fly, and I was doing remote recruiting of accountants. Which let me tell you how fun they are. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah. Uh, so I was doing while I was traveling this summer. I was doing some really kind of random. Five, ten hours a week, and it was super flexible and didn't my schedule, and I liked it, and it kind of got me back into the recruiting thing, and I loved it. Um, so I did, I so over the summer when we were traveling with my family, I did Accounting Fly, and I did the magazine Life on the Soapbox. 
Um, and before we had left, uh, a, a friend of mine, she's more like a connection, we don't know each other too well, had messaged me and said, oh, I have the, are you looking for a job? And I was like, well, I only have two, so probably. And she said, <laughs> okay, well, I have the perfect job for you. Um, I want you to work at this preschool. And I was like, okay, whatever. So um, we spent like the whole summer, like kind of very, every month, you know, she'd be like, did you hear from Michelle? And I'm like, no. Um, and I'm like, you know, this is, just, she sat on the board and I was like, this is, you know, I've been a board member. She's just a crazy board member who thinks she has the perfect fit for this job. And, you know, she probably has no idea what they want or anything. So, um, we were, uh, our last day, our last full day on the road was my birthday, September 18th. And we moved back into our house on September 19th. On September 18th, I got an email from this preschool saying, hey, can you come in for an interview tomorrow? And I was what? Like, no. I said, you know, I'm actually moving out of a trailer tomorrow, so could we maybe push it back? So um, we moved back on Thursday, and I had an interview with this preschool on Friday. Um, the preschool is, is has a really good reputation in the neighborhood. My kids were on the wait list. They actually got in in the spring, but we said no because we were traveling. But it's kind of um, it's got a great reputation. It's a nonprofit preschool. So I know nothing about the job. They sent me a um, position description from, like, 2013 that someone had gone in and redlined and like never updated it was like the shoddiest thing ever um so basically they were interviewing me as a favor to this board member and I was just kind of like what the heck and I knew I was going to be starting my babysitter agency at the time we haven't even talked about that geez um and so I sit down and like it is like instant like me and Michelle are like best friends and I am everything she's ever dreamed of and she's everything I've ever dreamed of um, so I kind of accidentally got that job. Um, accidentally, accidentally. Yeah. I, I, like, I wasn't, job? what do you do? Are you the principal now? Is that what? No, happened? oh my God. No. So I do not uh, have any interest in spending more time with children besides my own. Um, yeah, that's, you know, kind of rare and sporadic. Uh, so I, um, I'm their development director, so I do fundraising and programming. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it's part-time, and it's super flexible, and my kids got, you know, my kids go to school there now, and it's just, like, I've never worked in a school, and, and it's kind of, like, my love of event planning and nonprofits is just kind of this perfect combination for me, so uh, I work there. So I, I, I said, I'm going to quit my accounting job, and then I got fired from the magazine job, and I said, no, I'm going to keep the accounting job, but then I still, I, you guys would have been so proud of me, I quit, I lost two jobs in one week. <gasps> oh my god! So I went from that four is... jobs to two jobs, and then Whoa. on Tuesday, my boss for the accounting company texted me, and now I work for them again. I like that most people, <laughs> most humans, when they, they lost two jobs in one week, would be absolutely devastated, devastated and probably just like drink their life for a good solid few days. No. You got excited that you got fired, and then quit well, the job. <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, I was like, so proud of myself all around. Oh, I was so proud of myself when I sent that resignation letter to accounting. I was so proud of myself. I'm like, look what I did. So proud of myself. But then you're back with them. You're back. Yeah, my boss, my boss texts me. Like, I'm like, this is weird. They haven't shut off my email. Like, this is weird. You know, like, I kept still getting emails. Like, that's weird. Maybe they're busy. No. It turns out my boss was just probably waiting to lure me back in the whole time. So, you know, she shoots me a text and she said, remember that job you filled? And you did it so quick and so amazing. Well, we'll pay you double to fill it again. And I'm like, okay. Damn it. <laughs> And, yes, and yes. then, and then last week she reaches out to me and it's like, "Hey, <laughs> what do you think about doing this too?" And I was just like, "Okay, no, Melissa, I'm trying to give you my job." 
I'm trying to give you my job. I want this company. Three jobs. Take one of her jobs, Melissa. Okay. Yes. No. So I'm like, I'm done. Like, I cannot do this anymore. So I, I, my boss's name is also Ben. And I was like, are you looking for a recruiter? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'll find you one. So um, I will recruit a recruiter for you. I'm for an accountant. I'm going to recruit for a recruiter and then you can leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And not pay me while I do it. Right. Um, I, that's what I should, I should get like a referral bonus or something. I think. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're like a fantastic company and it was sad to quit and we're all remote and it's so flexible and it's, it's fantastic. And I, yeah, I was like, who do I know that might want this job? And I thought, Melissa, instead, let me get you one. So, um, so yeah. So right now I have, I, I run, a, I own my own business and, um, I work at the preschool, and I'm filling a job for a county fly, and I'm a board member and the preschool ambassador for the Austin Allies, and I help run my mom's club. But that's it. But that's it. That's it. That's, that's it. it. So when did you come up with this plan and this idea about your own your own uh, company, Babysitting Connection? Because following along, like, well, I, was, I was intrigued by you traveling in a trailer, in, a, in an RV. We'll talk like about that, that later. Cause I have, but, but. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. We'll talk about that later. I want to know about babysitting. That's what I mean. And I was just like, she was coming home and you already had like this business like done, like you were kind of putting out teasers about it. And then it was just like, you had it like put together. Like, where did that, where did it come from? Where was yeah, the inspiration? I'm glad that felt fast for you. Um, it okay. was so fast for us. <laughs> you're pregnant and everyone's like, oh yeah. my God, that was yeah. so, so fast. And you're like, yeah, no, get, get the fuck out of my face. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, you know, as, as part of our, our summer plans, we were, we were mostly unemployed, both of us, which was the plan. Um, and, and we kind of decided over the summer, we we're going to figure out kind of what we we're going to do next, where, where my husband was going to work, what I was going to do. And also, um, despite the fact that we told everybody we were coming back to Austin, um, we were 90% sure we were coming back to Austin, but we still own a house in Ohio. Um, and that was an option. And, um, we, we just kind of had a lot to figure out. All of our stuff was in storage in a facility in Texas, um, but it was, like, in a pod, so if we wanted to move, it wouldn't work. Anyway, um, so I um, I had used the babysitter agency in Ohio when my son, um, when I was working with my son, and I had pretty good experience with them, um, and over the years, I was still new in Ohio, and I, I attended some events they had, and uh, kind of very casually got to know the owner, and I had some friends who worked for them, um, so when it came time for me to find a job, that, that kind of, I knew they had franchises and it really appealed to me. Um, so we started the process of learning about a franchise with them. We knew nothing about franchises. Um, and, you know, I, I, over the course of a month, you know, talked to the, the owner a couple times and talked to all the other owners of the franchises and, um, for lack of a, of a better thing to say, it, it kind of wound up not being a fit. There was I wanted to do it myself. I didn't want to have a boss. I didn't want to have an owner. Um, I don't really uh, take direction well from others, as my <laughs> husband says. Best gonna do what best gonna do. Um, so it, we kind of looked at the cost and thought, you know, I think we can probably do it about the same cost. Um, obviously, there'll be more, you know, work on the front end and all of that. But let's try it. Um, and and we also on the trip, we we looked into buying. Um, Play places, some franchise for some play places. We talked about buying this amazing co-working space. We had some ideas, but they basically all revolved around moms and kids. Um, 
so I decided to start a babysitter's agency. Um, we spent a lot, we spent many hours in our truck hauling our trailer, uh, trying to figure out what we were going to call it. Um, and we had, I wish I could find that list because we're in I was going to say, what were your other names? Oh um, well, like Hires Hires, obviously. Um, okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, like, I mean, like the Babysitter Club and, and Austin Babysitters and Babysitters of Austin and, you know, every combination of everything. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, you're probably like, oh, all those names sound great. But then you, you really are like, this is going to be my business. And, like, then you, you, but then, like, you think of the things that you don't have to think about. Like, does this handle already exist? Does this domain already exist? Um, there were some businesses that we liked, but there was already, you know, like a huge one in Atlanta that had the same name, so we couldn't do that. Um, so it was a lot of research. We um, talked to quite a few lawyers pretty early on about, like, what it meant to have a business name and um, got hooked up with a great team of all-female lawyers. Um, I knew from the beginning I really wanted to, uh, the people that I wanted to work with me, I knew I wanted them to be local to Austin and also um, women. I wanted a lot of women to work with me. Um, so my graphic designer um, is a woman who lives in my neighborhood. Um, my web um, developer is, is a woman who works for a company, a big company in Austin. What else? My lawyer is a team of it's, it's an entirely female law firm, um, so it just you know all those things you you don't think about when you think about finding insurance and finding insurance companies and I got trademarked you know so like that's a whole process and a whole thing that like I have those contracts for my members and my sitters and what do you want your business to look like? But ultimately for me it was a way to help moms. Um, when I was in Ohio, I kind of always had the roster of sitters. You know, if somebody needed a sitter, they text back and said, who you got? And I, you know, sent them over six or eight contacts of a girlfriend who ended up working with me. And that was one of the hardest things for me when we moved to Texas is we had no babysitter and we have no family. And we are not the type of parents who don't go out. You know, we, we understand that our marriage is better and ourselves are better when we get a break from our kids. Um, so one of the first things we did when we moved here is find a babysitter um, to give us some out and breaks and find somebody we trusted and um, start to kind of develop my roster here and um, you know there's all these mommy Facebook pages and mommy groups and everybody's desperate for a sitter and uh, you know terrible stories about care.com and Bambina mm -hmm. and people not showing up and I wanted to be able to provide that for moms and have them have the peace of mind that the person that's going to show up in their house was going to show up and that was going to be legit and was going to play with their kids and not sit them in front of the you know TV the whole time. So I was really, really passionate about being able to help moms and that's kind of what my business is about and just kind of being a mom and helping moms and providing that service to other moms. So I launched a little more than two weeks ago um, officially and I have 19 babysitters and about the same wow. numbers. Yeah. Um, so it's been wild it's been fun but um and so for customers is it like a like a monthly like subscription sort of and then they have like x amount and they get x amount of babysitting hours yeah. or okay yeah so our members pay a monthly fee um basically the 19 dollars a month or 25 dollars a month and you get three sits or five sits and you can always have more um but you log in and you say i need a sitter friday night at five o'clock and all of the sitters that are available show up. You see their picture. You read their bio. You see what part of town they work in. You can see if they're 
a gymnastics instructor or a preschool teacher or work with kids with special needs that you can pick up sort of whatever task for your family. And then she shows up and you pay her directly, Venmo or cash or PayPal or whatever you want. Um, so they're not my employees, which is kind of nice as a business owner. I am, um, when people don't understand my agency, I say I'm a babysitter broker, right? I feel like they get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, and all of my students are background check. They're all driving record check. They've all been CPR certified. They're all over 18. They all have valid driver's licenses. So if you need someone to pick your kids up from school, they're going to be there to do it. Um, and they're all insured. So it's, it's the peace of mind that you don't get with, <laughs> logging on to Facebook and shooting a message out to the internet asking for a babysitter. Well, um, I, when you, I heard you were moving, I was in this, like, oh, man, like, they go out and they do stuff. I can't imagine <laughs> somewhere where I don't know anybody. How do yeah. you, like, it's hard enough when one of our sitters here, you know, leaves, and I have access to, like, college girls, which sounds yeah. a lot worse no. than it should No, sound. no, I get it. I, yeah, but, you know, and I work with them, and I... I end up recruiting my own student workers, which to like come work. And then when they're like, I'm graduating, I'm like, you're not allowed because yeah. I need a babysitter. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Um, but yeah, I was just like, oh my God, that would be like the, one of the worst things to like happen. How yeah. do I find a person I trust to be with my kid? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and there's, there's so many, Austin's a big um, transplant city. So, um, you know, like Denver or Phoenix, like nobody's from Austin. You know, we've all yeah. moved here. It had a huge tech boom. So uh, nobody, I mean, I mean, so many people don't have family here that they can count on to sit for them and they need those sitters. So it's, it's been fun and it's been really rewarding. I, I kind of accidentally ran into a member this morning that I, I'd never met. And it was just great to like talk to her and meet someone who doesn't know me and doesn't know the business and kind of like hear her perspective on the business. And it was just just super rewarding to be able to do that and and I had an event today where my sitters worked at a nonprofit that um, helps with um, prenatal and postnatal care for um, mothers of color and we were able to provide babysitters for that event so the moms could attend the conference and the kids could be watched so there's just it's just I love it I love it how do you see your business expanding I mean I know you've only been Houston, Waco, Denver. <laughs> We're coming for it. Yeah, yeah. No, I would like to get some sitters in North Austin. That would be in North Austin. So if anyone uh, ends up listening to this in North Austin. Just round rock. Send me your babysitters. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I mean I, I definitely, you know, we have some goals. We want to have so many members and um, you know, I'd I'd love to be able to get involved with a nonprofit and be able to, you know, help provide childcare for events for, you know, you know, uh, uh, children's services if they have parents at home yeah. and be able to do that and be able to give back in that way. Um, I should probably make, you know, a dollar first before I start giving it all away. But, um, yeah, and, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the future holds. I mean, I, I love the idea of um, licensing it or franchising it and being able to see babysitting connection all over the country. Um, so we'll see. Are you guys still exploring like the play place kind of ideas too? No, 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 okay. no. Now that I now that I did this job and I can you know like I can't imagine having to do everything I did plus like rent a space, mm-hmm. paint walls. Um, a, a, a new um, a new good friend of mine talk about internet dating. Um, I found out that uh, uh, she was opening a co working space that had childcare, 
And I went to her launch party and I said, you know, I'm not pushing friends and I should help you staff your childcare space. And now we are, she opened a business, you know, in, in November and is, um, you know, she's got kids basically the exact same age as mine and um, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, so. No, no. So she has a perfect co-working space and I, I don't even want to compete with her because of it. Yeah. Why, why would I, why would I try to reinvent the wheel? So I'm just going to convince everyone to open one's own and that's how we talk. Uh-huh. You know where I and use your, baby. and use your babysitters to staff it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. You have to get her like a super membership, like a little bit. Oh, she's, Mandy, Mandy's got a super membership. She's, oh, she's like <laughs> platinum, diamond. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, when I think back to like when I had like, I had Lorelai, but then when I had Everett, you know, and we were lucky enough that my mom had moved up here, and so she could stay. But, like, that's something I always think about um, with um, some, we have a friend who does a house for uh, women who are in transition with their kids and stuff, and a lot of yeah. them are pregnant, and they also have children already. Yeah. And so, when they go into labor to have their babies and stuff, uh, or even, like, you know, I did, and then we had complications. We wound up being in the hospital for days with, with Everett and things. Like, even in situations like that, right, you're a transplant yeah. somewhere else, and, like, you need overnight care or maybe even a couple days of care or something. That was your kids. Of Like, Beth, you need to get into, like, gynecology offices and uh, get your card around. No. So, um, uh, churches are uh, my next one because churches love a lot of, like, events in the evening that parents want to go to, and they already basically have a child care space. Um, so me being able yeah. to provide space with that, and then wedding planning. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. To provide all the sitter, like you know, out of town guests come, and they need to like get close to family, and yeah, OBGYNs. I need that too. Yeah. Doulas. You should really get with doulas. Dude, I got some doula connections too. I got a lot of doula friends. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just a thought. In two years, she's going to be messaging you and uh, I and be like, so, about that Columbus and Cincinnati uh, franchise, what do you hey, think? I'm open. Right? I'm game. Yeah, any day. I'd, I'd give you a but, And I didn't realize, and I actually think it's a great idea, I didn't realize that it's kind of like you're, the babysitters are not your employees. You're just kind of managing the situation, and they're paying you for the uh, membership, but you have nothing to do with paying the babysitters, and it just seems like oh, it's pro- it's I like that a lot. It's a great idea, and I didn't realize that before. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you were doing a lot of this while you were on the road um, yeah. over the summer, and I am dying to hear about this RV trip because this just blew my mind watching you on Instagram and stuff. I remember watching a story. I believe you were at Circus Circus, and you were like, "The Harvey's broken." Where in the like? That is just like forever burned into my didn't, mind. You didn't have suitcase because you, you packed your RV, so you yeah. didn't have suitcase. You're just like yeah. carting clothes was, in. Was, I just, I am our worst. I was hands down the worst two days of our trip. Yeah, I'm just mesmerized by this whole like. Let's take the kids on. How long was this trip? <laughs> Seventy days. Seventy days. Let's take the kids oh. on this. 70-day trip and a tiny RV. And well, when you started, you didn't really – you didn't have – We didn't know when we were coming back. Started. No, we didn't know when we were right. coming back when we started. Like, how – who? how did this little seed get planted? Who was like <laughs> – It was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. Okay. <laughs> As all good trips start, a yeah. joke. 
Yeah, it's yeah, like, no. uh, you know, like when you have your friends and everyone gets drunk and it's like, we should do a friend's vacation. But this yeah, is like, you actually follow through with it. <laughs> yeah, we were sober and we did it. Um, so, you know, even though, like, I supported my husband in, in, in this career change and, um, you know, selling the house was, was hard. And we, we did, we talked a lot about trying to keep it and, you know, it's hard to Airbnb it. And, but it was a real tree treatment house with a pool and it was, it was a lot to maintain. And, um, we kind of decided it was just, it made more sense to, to give it up. Um, so... It, it was kind of a, you know, there's a lot of, despite the fact that everybody's supportive, there's kind of a lot of frustration in the process and figuring out what you want to do and what it's going to look like and knowing you're going to sell your house and, again, you just moved, you know, across country six months what did earlier, your, nine months earlier. What did your realtor think? Would you like, hey, so you sold us this house, now we need you to sell it for us? Yeah, so we changed realtors, um, okay. and the realtor that we, we had when we came here was good, um, and she, she was like assigned hospital um and I had since become friends with a couple realtors and, and I picked the one that I thought worked best for us. So she knew me <laughs> she knew me a little bit but she didn't like she got a call that she was not expecting. Um so yeah so we moved in October and we put our house on the market like May um I think and then so <laughs> I, I just hopped on my my our travel blog to try to remember all the dates and everything. Um so we basically, you know, it, we, you know, we're just trying to figure out what we wanted to do. We, you know, even when my husband wanted to change jobs, we were like, do we go back to Ohio? You know, we own a house in our old neighborhood. And um, do we try to move to Cleveland and live closer to my family? Do we just say, screw it and move to Florida? You know, whatever. Um, and in one of those conversations, I was like, fuck it. Let's just get a, get a RV and travel the country. And my husband's like, yeah, that sounds good. You're like, no, 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 no. That's not the one you're supposed to cling to. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So I had been in an RV uh, one time in my life. Um, I take that back. Uh, I'd been in an RV maybe three times in my life. I'd never been in an RV. I'd never slept in an RV except my girlfriend, um, like, had one in her driveway that we had a summer party in one time, like, in sixth grade. Um, I'm also not, like, a minimalist. Um, I'm also not outdoorsy. Yeah, I'm none of these things, right? Um, you couldn't pay me to sleep in a tent. Like, there's zero chance I'm going to sleep in a tent. I'm not a camper. Um, I'm not a dirty, and I'm not outdoorsy. It's not my thing. Um, so within about 30 days, um, we had put our house on the market and sold it. We had, and that involved, like, renting a pod and having it. We filled it with, like, a bunch of stuff and sent one pod away to kind of clear the house out to sell. Um, and we had traded in my husband's, um, Mercedes for F-150 and <laughs> not a yeah. little bit of a change. Yeah. I love it. Um, he traded his Mercedes for an F-150 and we bought a travel trailer. Um, and like, mind you, we knew nothing. Like I didn't know what a travel trailer was. I didn't know what an RV was. I didn't know what a fifth wheel was. So it was, you know, we thought we were going to buy one of those things that you, you know, like a, a motorhome that you drive and then you tow a car and we're going to tow a car. And then we realized, like, the kids can't really safely travel in that. So then we had to say, okay, well, we're going to have to, you know, hitch something up, but we don't have anything we can hitch up to it. So we have to buy a truck and then we have to buy a trailer. Um, so we did kind of a lot of research and we kind of said, we, you know, we didn't want to go into debt to do it. So we said, this is so much money we have. Um, 
to buy a car, so how much money we have to buy a motorhome. Um, let's do it. So we did that real fast. Um, I think we did it so fast that like there was, you know, that excitement and there wasn't enough time to think, what did you just do? Um, (laughs) There was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of balls in the air at the same time. Um, My husband was wrapping up his job. We decided that we had talked about him working on the road, um, but we decided we were just going to not work on the road and, and not basically have an income for those that period of time besides like, you know, the very, you know, I was making maybe a thousand dollars a month, um, working, you know, very little. Um, and I think actually my husband did take a contract job where he was doing a little bit of writing, but it it was by no means covering our expenses. Um, and we kind of set out to do it. I had a big (laughs) three ring binder. Um, and then also this is like a weird perspective, but when you move to a new state, um, like I, you know, I can tell you what states touch Ohio. I'm still not sure what states touch Texas. Um, you, know, you know, like, you know, like I had to be like, so I had to be like, okay, like, okay. Um, we knew we wanted to make it as far north as Portland because that's where my husband's family lives. So you know, I literally went on Google Maps and typed Austin, Texas to Portland, Oregon, and looked and saw what was on the map. Like, okay, my best friend lives in Denver. We'll go to Denver. Okay, Jeff's uncle lives in Idaho. I guess we'll stop there. And then we dug into national parks like you know we've never really been to national parks neither of us had growing up and that sounded like something we would like to do so we plotted out all the national parks um and I went to work with planning which is complete which was completely insane I mean you you you've never even slept in a travel trailer you don't know what it's gonna be like and we had booked out I had booked out about our first 45 days before we left. Like I knew what cities we were going to be in and where we were going to be camping. Um, yeah, I didn't necessarily know what we were going to do in some of the cities. I just knew that we didn't really want to stay, have rides in the car that was maybe more than five hours a day, which before you get in a travel trailer, you realize, you think, oh, five hours, but five hours in a travel trailer with two kids, um, you have to stop for gas a lot when you're pulling a 30 foot travel trailer. And you can also not go much faster than about 55 miles an hour. So a five-hour drive for us was usually about eight or nine hours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So um, we dove in. I mean, we did. And we, we had it kind of planned out. And I'd done a lot of Pinteresting of how to pack your trailer. We picked up our travel trailer and did um, a test trip. Like a, We went to, like, a local state park and camped for a couple nights before we went out on our trip. But, like, we owned the trailer. It wasn't like we rented a trailer to try it. Like, we, we, like, we were in. You know, we just needed to go. and um, It was just a test run to, like, well, if this doesn't work, we got to figure out how we make it work because we're doing this. Yeah, like, like that trip. Pick up the electric and the toilets. Yes, 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 yes. And we, like, that trip, like, we couldn't figure out how to unhitch the trailer from the truck. So that was, like, you know, there's just things like that that, you know, like, make sure everything works on the camper and um, do a test trip. So we did a test trip and. It was, you know, fine, and we now, did it. You said you're not, like, outdoorsy and camping. And I don't, I don't, obviously, I don't know Jeff like that that well, but he never came across as super outdoor. I mean, he's a physician. He's a neurologist. Like, you, yeah. I mean, you guys are out there, like, hooking up electric and emptying, like, toilets. How, who, yeah. whose job was what? Um, so I was the inside and Jeff was the outside. So okay. we would. That's a fair. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, so we would get to a spot, and I would immediately, you know, get the kids into the trailer, um, and, you know, put the pop-out out, and 
you know, when you when you drive in the travel trailer, you have to put everything away, otherwise it flies across the trailer when you're driving. We had a our pantry because I like to save those, so almost always we would get done with our trip and get in the travel trailer, and there would be like cans of corn and boxes of noodles everywhere. Um, so we would put <laughs> inside. Um, my husband would hook up the electricity first, so we get the air conditioning running and you know get the kids pottied and give them a snack and. You know, when people think about camping, they think about, like, s'mores and campfires, and um, we didn't really have that. Um, one, it was hot just about everywhere we went. It was always 90. Um, and with it being 90 in the summer, there was a, a burn ban most everywhere we went, so you couldn't even have campfires. Oh, yeah, you were um, at work, yeah. Yeah, so um, we basically, it wasn't necessarily like we camped for 70 days. It was like we lived in a trailer for 70 days across the country, and the evenings, you know, we would go for walks or go to the playground, but it wasn't, you know, like sitting around singing kumbaya, like campfire. I think the whole trip we had three campfires, you know, and we, we cooked in the Instapot almost every night, you know, it was too hot to have a fire or too hot to cook outside. And, um, we had a lot, a lot of fun during the day, but we really kept a good schedule for our kids. Our kids were asleep by, you know, 8, 30 every night, just like they were, and they had their routines and, um, it, it was kind of just like we lived out there. In just a really small, small house. What do you think was the f- most favorite part for the kids? Because they're they were how old when this happened? Because they're a little. They're four and three. Okay. Or, or they were well, they were two. Hold on. Evelyn turned three on the trip, um, so she was two and Grant was four. Two and two and four. That's only three and four. Um, we went to Disneyland on the trip. Uh, we kind of yeah. We kind of kept it as a surprise. Um, we didn't even know we were gonna do it. My brother lives in. I really lived in Santa Ana, so he was planning to come to Disneyland, and when we realized we were going to do the trip, we'd um, been asking for Disney gift cards for about a year, because we thought we were going to do a Disney cruise, and then we're like, wow, we got to go to Disneyland. Um, so we planned that, and oh my gosh, there, we had always, I, I'd done Disneyland when I was a kid, but I was a little bit older, and I guess it's Disney now, Disneyland, um, and our kids, we're not, we didn't have big Disney weren't really big. I mean, Evelyn knew who princesses were and Grant, you know, knew some of the characters but there's just something about Disneyland that just, like, there's nothing better than, like, seeing Disneyland through your kids' eyes. And I wish we would have gone there for two days. My brother was like, ah, you could see it all in, in one day. My brother who's, like, 30 and, and, you know, no kids. Um, So I wish we would have done two days. My brother still lives out there so we can easily go back. But that was a really fun day. And that was like a splurge day for us. You know, we were pretty budgeted and we didn't spend a lot of money. And um, I had used my blog to get some kind of um, perks and, and got hosted for some things, some museums. So we didn't have to pay for those. And so it was a big splurge day for us. But it was amazing. It was amazing. We stayed at my brother's house for those. Those were the kind of couple of days that we stayed in the house and outside of the trailer. And that was amazing. But we kind of all really fell in love national parks um zion national park is our favorite in utah arches is gorgeous and it's totally doable with kids and we we wore them on our backs most of the entire trip or the entire you know hikes but by the end of it our son got really brave and um really strong and is super into hiking and loved it and would hike you know one or two miles with us and we usually would do four or five when we hiked and 
was just great. I mean, it's just you, when you live in a city, you don't realize quite how expansive the country is. And even when I traveled, you know, I go from airport to airport um, and driving in Oregon. I mean, Oregon is, geez, people think like Ohio's flat and cornfields. Oregon's nothing but, you know, pine trees and no cell signal. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, even Texas is just expansive and how beautiful the national parks are in Yosemite. And I mean, we had a great trip. I mean, it, it, one of the questions I saw in the notes was, would you do it again? And I, w- I would do it tomorrow. I'd, I'd do it a hundred times over. I'd do it every summer if I could. Hopefully they'll grow up and realize how rare that is for real. Yes, you talked about Circus Circus. Oh, my gosh. So so Circus Circus are um, wound up in Vegas, and we were going to stay at, like, a campground kind of a little bit out of the way, and we'd heard some, like, really bad reviews about it. So we said, you know, let's just see if we can stay close to the Strip. (laughs) Circus Circus has a campground, which I use that word lightly. It's a parking lot. I didn't even (laughs) know that, and I've, like, been there. And I was like, what? (laughs) My husband uh, husband has really, really fond memories from Circus him and his mom and his sister who used to travel they, they were from Oregon so they would go to Disneyland and Greenmount and Las Vegas and his mom could play poker and bring the money to pay for their trip and we would go to Circus Circus and play and we have this giant Scooby-Doo still from 40 years ago that my husband won at Circus Circus and we just always had such a great fond memories of it so when we found out there was a campground at Circus Circus we said sure let's do it so we get into Circus Circus it is 107 degrees in Las Vegas, and the air, the, air, yeah, the air conditioner won't work in the campground. Um, and this is a parking lot. There's no shade. There are no trees. And we are one of, like, five campers there, right? Um, so we were paying $36 a night to have our camper at the campground. And we then were paying $32 a night to stay in the hotel because we obviously couldn't stay in the campground. Um, <coughs> so we were stuck there. We didn't know how long we were going to be stuck there. Um, we found someone to come out like the next morning and look at it. They had to wait for the cart. Um, so we wound up being stuck there for two or three nights. I, I don't think it threw off our schedule very much. Um, but Circus Circus is probably one of the worst and most disgusting places I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, was I Jeff... agree, but I didn't want to say anything. But was I, Jeff's it, heart broken? It's like super how sad he... and really dark. yeah, yeah, yeah. We ate at um. I mean, like, we, so you couldn't even leave. It was so hot. You could, like, there was no, there was not even, like, let's walk the strip. And there was just no chance. And then we also, like, had this situation where we, like, there was an issue where, like, the guy, we didn't know when he was coming. And we didn't know where the cart was going to be and all this stuff. So we, like, we couldn't leave. We couldn't go anywhere. Um, I think my husband, like, my, my husband worked out when we were traveling and had gym memberships. I think he, like, put me in the gym once. There was a pool um, but it was, like, almost too hot to go to the pool, you know? Um, there was, there's a McDonald's there in the thing, and then there's, like, these carnival games, which my husband had all these, you know, like, very fond memories of. And they're just, like, I mean, it was just one horrendous crap, you know, where, like, I probably like, spent 20 bucks on this. We ate at, um, God, I don't even know, Vince, somebody who was in some band, I don't know, Poison or Def Leppard, I don't know. We, like, ate at his restaurant twice. <laughs> In a row, it was terrible. They have karaoke every night. There's like you know, oh no, yeah, it was terrible. So, and, and we're talking like we're talking like five to eight. They have karaoke, so oh, there's like shit. three tables in the restaurant, and then like 
a suburban mom and then like a, a drunk biker chick singing you know, who knows what. This sounds this sounds I'm in for it. I think you're like yeah. kids. These are why we make good choices in life. The one time I got drunk. The oh one God. time I got drunk the whole trip was that first night in Vegas. I'm like, we were at this restaurant and it was karaoke. I was like, another one of those Jeremy Simmel, Jeremy Simmel, Jeremy Simmel. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it was bad. And, and you know, like your kids get so used to a schedule and, and they were so used to sleeping in the camper. And now magically we're all trying to sleep in a hotel room together and it threw everything off and it was just. It was rotten. I, I don't ever suggest getting stuck with circus tantrums. <laughs> I, that's funny that that's the memory you remember of our trip. I do. I like because I watched it and I was like, oh God, I've been there. Oh God. Oh God. No. <laughs> no. Get them out of there. Like it was, it was tragic for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to watch that. It was incredible. I'm glad you felt that for them. I did. I felt for you. If I could send a helicopter and get you out of there, I would. <laughs> We during your trip, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, during say- your trip, did you ever have like an instance where you felt like unsafe or were worried about anything? Yes. Oh my gosh. So we kind of so the end of our trip was kind of like up in the air, and when we decided to come back, it was kind of like I called our realtor. I was like, "Uh, we're gonna move back in uh, three weeks, so could you find us a house?" And um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Totally. we're like, okay, we're going to rent, and we want to live in these neighborhoods, could you help us? So my realtor's amazing, she went out, Chrissy went out, and like, uh, videoed four apartments, four houses, four house, rental houses for us, and um, we like picked the house based on the video, and we live here now, and um, so we, we kind of were like, trying to figure out the last of our schedule in the last couple of weeks, and we decided to throw in Big Ben National Park, which is in Southern Texas. And I'll keep the story very short because it is a long, terrible story. But basically, we got to the campground. There was no one there. There was, like, a sign on this building that was, like, no electricity. Go to the main lodge. Big Bend is gigantic. National Park are gigantic. I've never seen this. Yeah. They're gigantic. So we were at this campground. We get there. There's one other camper there trying to hook up. We go to the campground. There's no electricity. We have no cell signal. And there's no one there. And there's a bobcat going through the trash. Like, so we're like, okay, like we were, all, and this was like the last week of our trip. So we're like, all right, like we can manage this. We're like, all right, let's go, let's go up to the lodge. We'll check into the lodge for the night. We'll, we'll stay at the lodge. We'll get some dinner. We were starving. And this is, we've been in the middle of nowhere. It is like across the river from Mexico in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Um, so we're like, okay, we, can, we got this. We got this. We can handle this. So I call the lodge. We finally, we're driving. It's about an hour to the lodge, all within one national park. Oh my so God. we're about halfway there and I really, I get a cell signal. I call and say, hey, listen, campground doesn't have any electricity. We're going to come to the lodge and availability. She said, sure, absolutely, no problem. I said, do you have a restaurant? Yep, we have a restaurant. I said, I will be there in about 30 minutes. And she said, are you coming from the campground? I said, yeah. And she said, oh, well, you can't bring your camper if the roads are too narrow. What? So so we had two options, right? We, we had an option to leave and try to find a campground in the middle of nowhere or go back to the campground, unhitch our camper, leave it there, so drive the half hour back, unhitch, leave our camper there, and then drive the hour to the lodge, eat dinner, and um, stay at the lodge for the night. And then basically go back and get our truck the next day and try to figure out what we were going to do. Go back and get the camper the next day. And we were, like, hungry and tired, and we were, like, at this point, once we got to, like, the last, once we knew we were coming home and we knew there was, like, an end, we kind of got to the point where we're, like, 
Like, we're ready for this. Like, it's time. So we were like, we're over this. Like, we, we can't do this. And, and we were, the park was just really big, and, and we weren't sure we would even be able to find, um, like, we just didn't know if it would work for us. We're like, let's just leave. So I have a service. I call the nearest campground. Hey, do you have availability for a night? He's like, yeah, yeah. So when are you going to be here? I said, we'll be there in about 45 minutes. I said, okay, well, I normally close up, but I'll, I'll wait for you guys. No problem. So we drive to this campground. It is, um, there are several double wides there like that, are, that appear to be offices oh. and homes, and we are the only camper there. And we, we're, like, not even sure we're in the right place. We have, like, no cell signal. You walk into this double wide. There's a man there. Um, and it appears he might live there. I'm not sure. Um, and there's, you know, like, these random shelves with, like, things that have probably been there for, like, 10 years, right? Like, you know, a, a, a box of matches and, you know, the dryer sheets or, you know, stuff like that that they sell in these places. And I'm like, yeah, okay, so it's just us. Meanwhile, there are signs, handwritten signs everywhere that says, do not go near snakes. Watch out for snakes. Do not go out after dark. Do not, do not go near snakes. So... Texas has rattlesnakes. We know this. We have seen several rattlesnakes since we've lived here. Um, but we hadn't ever been in the middle of nowhere with multiple signs about rattlesnakes. So this feels, it's, it feels very horror movie, right? It's, there's no one around for at least 30 miles in any direction. Um, I had asked him if he had food and he laughed at me and said, well, I have some snacks, which were probably five to seven years old. We had very little food in the camper. We, I mean, our refrigerator is only so big. And we, we had to stay the night at this place. And it was, it was like the only night of the whole trip that I like triple locked the doors, you know, like triple made sure. I'm like, I'm like, this guy could kill us and no one would know. Like nobody knew we were there. We didn't have service and we couldn't leave the camper because, um, there were snakes. Killer snake. The giant snake. He, um, he like had told us about a snake that he'd like killed the night before. And then like that snake that like ate his cat the week before what? and it was yeah oh these are big snakes we are in the middle of nowhere we're talking like as rural texas as you can get so oh my god needless to say I, we got out of there really quick as cook i was jeff with like hooking everything up with like, <laughs> was like hey, we're not hooking anything up we're just staying in the camp yeah yeah i think i think that night i, I think that night we just kind of plugged into the electricity and got the um the the air conditioning going and i mean we were there you know, we, we didn't get there until maybe 7 30, 8 o'clock at night, and we were out the door by 10 o'clock the next morning. And, yeah. um, and, and you, in our camper, you know, you can use the restroom and, and wash your hands with the water that's in the tank. But I don't really think we hooked up to anything. Um, it was really scary. And so we kind of decided, um, we're like, okay, well, now we need to fill in a couple of days. So we booked like this really, uh, they had them in Ohio. I went to them as kids. There was a Jellystone park, um, and it had water slides. and for the kids and uh, hay rides and so we we kind of we flipped it around pretty quick and we it, it made perfect sense and it was such a good our last kind of five days of our trip were just a lot of fun and we we did the Jellystone and Guadalupe River and did San Antonio and just had museums and parks and so much fun stuff for the kids um, so it worked out fine but that was a really just uh, uneasy little little unsettling yeah there weren't many times that we were like scared for our safety there were times that we were worried like maybe the camper wouldn't make it down the road or make it up the hill or um that we would never have cell service ever again but um (laughs) 
But there, there weren't any. That was the only time where I was kind of like, this feels a little bit sketchy, you know? He's like wearing the face of the man who actually yeah. worked here, oh, it, and we will die. Yeah, it was. What would your uh, advice be to someone who wants to do something like that? Like, what did you learn where you're like, okay, if I was going to do this again, these are the types of things I'd do a little different or better? Um, like, I mean, logistics stuff, um, I would say there were a couple of spots that we would only stay for two nights. And when you stay two nights, basically you travel one day, you have one day at a place, and you travel the whole other day. And I didn't quite realize how long our travel days would be. Um, so after we'd been on the road a week or so, I kind of went in and shifted a couple things around in our schedule so that we could always stay at least three nights and have two full days at a place because traveling basically every other day sort of feels is, is too much. Um, I would say do national parks. Do as many national parks as you can. They're incredible. Um, and, like, the biggest lesson I learned is, one, like, how adaptable kids are. I mean, we had a little bit of a rough first week where you're like, another 30 days at least because we're just the kids who are adjusting to it um they shared a bed and, and you know like we went from having you know like this giant house and a pool and playrooms to hey here's your copy <laughs> here's your little here's your little bunk that you sleep in now y'all always have to fit in this one toe um so the first week was an adjustment but then i mean it was i mean ultimately you know hindsight um it kind of makes everything a little bit more rosy but I mean there were definitely tough nights with our daughter you know trying to get her to go to sleep and um being in such close quarters and wanting a bit of space but um I would recommend it to absolutely anybody um that can that can make it work for them even if it's only for a couple weeks or a couple months or you know do it I there's a whole community of um people called full-time families so if you search the hashtag full-time families they'll travel full-time on the road and homeschool or road school and, and live this lifestyle and I think it's incredible I don't think I could do it but I know I couldn't do it but it's incredible and realizing like how little you can live with um it's funny we've moved back we moved back in October and um there are boxes that we have that we haven't unpacked from Ohio still and I think like why do we have this like what is in that box that I've now moved three times um that I keep moving that I haven't even haven't even needed and we each packed about a week's worth of clothes maybe 10 days worth of clothes we did our laundry about you know once every five or five days and I mean I literally wore like the same three shorts and the same five shirts um the whole summer and it was fine nobody cares and you can live with such a small amount and it was it's silly how fast we got back into the habit of you know you go to the grocery store and you oh this might be nice this might be nice this thing might be nice but then when you're in a camper you, your fridge is like a dorm fridge. You know, you, you have to fit everything you need for a week in one refrigerator, so you're so much more rigorous about your choices and you eat everything. You know, we didn't have anything going to waste like you do when you're living out in our kids. So just kind of living with less and slowing down and that you don't need to spend a lot of money to have a great day. It would be fun to do it with the kids, like, every couple of years as they get older. Yeah. And just see like how, like, they're... Yeah, how their like perception changes, and how I think that would be so fascinating to watch them grow up with that. Of like, oh yeah, we can come back to this. You know, we're we're really lucky, and we get to live really nice life and have these things. But then we go and we check out, and we do this really 
minimalist life than, uh, you know, just visit these places and live with less. And I think that would be really cool to watch that and see how they grow up with that perspective and yeah. um, and how that affects, like, their volunteering with you and mm-hmm. how, like, what they do with that. I think that would be really powerful. Do you still have the trailer, or did you guys sell it? No, baby, that's ours. <laughs> um, we are, we're going to be opening a couple weeks. We have a couple shows booked already this year. Um, and we want, we want to do a lot of retakes. So I had a foot, on top of all this, I had some foot surgery in, in November, and um, I'm just kind of now getting back to where I don't have a boot or a brace, a sole or brace. Um, so that's still the spot. Even though, you know, in Texas, you could basically take all your land off the other cities. But um, we have one booked at the end of February, one booked at the end of March, and we'll go away for Memorial Day weekend and Easter weekend. We're going to go away, and it looks like some of the most settled kids talk about camping out of town and talk about things they did on their adventure, and I'm, I'm so ready to get back into camping and stay for a weekend. That's awesome. It is awesome. I'm just going to cram my kids in my closet because I don't have a, a trailer. And be like, let's This is minimalism. Yeah. This is minimalism. Thanks to it. Throw it out your time together. <laughs> Beth, buys a, Beth buys an RV and drives across the country, and you're, you introduce Lorelai to drag queens. You know what? We all have so, our so enrichment. It's just different types. You know, yeah, I do what I can. Yeah. Do what I can. Both are very Oh. Important. So. <laughs> Switching gears a little bit, I saw your post relatively recently. You had actually like hooked up with another podcast, Top Knot Squad, and you guys had like an Instagram post. How did you come across them, and how did you meet them? <gasps> we dated on the internet for a little bit. Oh, um, oh my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they were a mommy uh, podcast that I started following back in Ohio, um, and turns out that um, one of the people it's, it's two women. One of two on the podcast is now like a friend of mine. I had dinner with her last night. She lives about a mile from me. Um, and they're just like a really raw and real group of women. And they have a lot of women on their podcast. They, um, one's a doula and one's a lactation consultant. And they kind of talk, um, about some heavy stuff like motherhood and, um, and, and kind of being a, you know, person of color and having to deal with some of the struggles of getting the care that you need um, versus more privileged people, and they kind of deal dive into some heavier topics, but I've been a big supporter of them um, since I got here. They just launched their third season, and they've had some great kickoff events to kind of raise money to fund their podcast, and um, they're amazing. They're really great. It's just, I love yeah. moms. I love moms. Listen to their podcast. Mm-hmm. Did you? I, I am a mom. Uh, and I do I do listen to their podcast it's not something we talk about on here on here yeah as as, like, it's a little bit heavier than you guys <laughs> yeah like but it's stuff that I like could talk about for hours like yeah so I, I like they're good people yeah. well on the heavy stuff too like we just like I think we'll kind of like our episode last week like we're two white girls so like we don't have that perspective of like like really making sure you advocate for yourself, like in healthcare, like sometimes women of color like are 
not taken as seriously and like we just don't have that perspective to be able to really get into that you know yeah well and they'll they'll be the first to tell you that like recognizing your privilege is the first step you know becoming aware that you are privileged and that you do get those opportunities that other people don't so Okay, so Beth, a little bit of uh, self-promotion for yourself. Tell us your websites, your Instagrams. Like, where can we find Where can you? people date you on the internet? Sure. Oh, my gosh. I love internet dates. I date so many people on the internet. Like, I, 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 uh, there's been a couple, like, boss moms that I like, and I'll, like, start following them, and then they'll start sharing all the love in their stories, and then I'll start commenting on them, and then they'll show you a little message and then we'll run up for coffee and then we're best friends forever um like pursue I these I women to, I, I have not been pursued like this and i need to be, oh. be pursued by oh the, i mean okay, i guess i need like, to pursue as well but yeah no but there's like there's like so many bomb women out there yeah no and and the the network of women and entrepreneurs and mother entrepreneurs in austin is like this amazing incredible supportive group and I, I'm so lucky to have, have found a lot of them um so you can find me um my Instagram handles are higher love h-e-y-e-r love uh that's kind of my personal one and then you can go back and learn a little bit about our travels and my website for that is higherlove.com and then my business is babysitting connections and that's at babysitting connections and my Facebook is at babysitting connection of Austin and the website is Babysitting Connection. And um, if you want to start your own babysitter agency, I'll be happy to give you advice. And if you want to license mine and start your own, let's let's do that too. I've done, the, <laughs> I've, done the, I've done all the grunt work and I have all the paperwork and the logo and trademark. So I'm ready to dig in. So that's kind of where to get me. But yeah, I'll, I'll date anybody on the internet. So hopefully my DMs will be blowing up after this comes out. And yeah. I, I love just connecting and talking to people, and I, everybody has something to share and offer, and I love connecting. So, yeah, find me. Shoot me a message. I, I'd be more than willing to talk and chat and BS with whatever you guys are. Well, every week we wind our uh, episodes down with a little tiny joy. Do you have a tiny joy of the week? Oh We're kind of putting gosh. you on the spot. I know. <laughs> I know. I wasn't prepared for oh this. I didn't to tell her. We. I didn't. I know. I didn't see this in the notes. I have to, my week's been crazy. Uh, it can be anything. It can be like I got a chapstick that I love or whatever. Oh no, I can do better than that. Um, so don't my always. tiny joy. Um, I um I ran on a treadmill at physical therapy this week, um, and my goal is to run a five k at my twenty year class reunion this summer. I ran a couple of 5Ks before, but my um, my surgery really, it's pretty invasive surgery. It knocked me back a bit. So it was really, it felt really good to jog a mile. Or not jog a mile, Jesus Christ. Jog a minute. <laughs> <laughs> jog a minute on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah. So that was like, I've, I've kind of been waiting for that for a long time. The surgery has been hard on the family and, um, and, and kind of me and wanting to get back to working out. So that felt really good to... to and I was wearing jeans and Bahamas, but I did it. <laughs> but you did it. Awesome. I did it. Jeans makes it even more impressive. <laughs> I was like, I should, jeans. I 
I mean, you probably have been able to go like a minute 20 if you would have had like I, some leggings on. Yeah, yeah. Get, get out my uh, Lululemon. I could have gone two minutes. Um, yeah, Melissa, do you have a tiny joy? Um, so my tiny joy, I guess, is actually this week I ordered and read. I've been so intrigued by this. So I wanted to know what it was about. So Kate Kennedy is a person I really like to follow. And she has a book. Uh, ah! It's a parody her. book. I love her. You there in five. I love her. But she has a parody book called uh, Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star. And I just, she talks about it all the time. And I just wanted like a perspective on understanding it. And it's little, I mean, it's a tiny, small, like thin book. It's like written like a children's book, like the perspective of it. But it is really funny and it has really good humor. So I was excited to just kind of read it and then kind of like understand when she references it. So that was my tiny joy. My tiny joy is I forgot Project Ringwood was back on, and so I caught up on the last, like, the most current season. And they're all super sweet and nice, and it just was really nice to watch because I had insomnia really bad. And, like, everyone is super happy and super nice to each other. Um, there is an episode where one of the contestants says something to Carly Cross about being married to Jared Kushner's brother. It's really hysterical. Um, I recommend watching it because she, her face turns to stone and she's like, if she had lasers coming out of her eyes, she would have <laughs> melted this guy on the stage. It's amazing. Um, but the contestants are all super sweet and very supportive of each other and just are like caring. And I, it was been really nice to watch because no one's been mean or catty and I'm like, oh, people can be nice to each other. So. Is Tim Gunn still associated with No, him? he's not. Okay. Which I do miss. But Christian Siriano has taken his place. Oh, yeah. Who, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I guess I've seen memes of it, so that makes sense now. Yeah. He's really good. I like oh, I like 30-something Christian Siriano. He's, he's grown up a little bit. Yeah, he's really good. Um, so, yeah. It's been interesting to watch. And that's my tiny joy. Not much, but just like a decompressor. So, yeah. Well, cool. Beth, we... Cannot thank you enough for doing this. I know you're busy with your 50 jobs. And, oh, I'm so you know. happy to do it. So happy. We were thrilled that you said yes, and we hope that everybody checks out all your websites and starts dating how amazing you are, dating <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> exactly. Everyone go date Beth. And uh, if you need babysitters in Austin, I hook you up. Yeah, come on down. I love it. You want to franchise? Right? Yeah. She's I know, like you want to. Yeah. I, I think I want a license. I think I want a license, but uh, there's less. Well, I say that I say I want a license because there's like less um, management involved. But like you know, I don't do a real good job of letting things go. So. Letting things go. <laughs> You're like, mm, we may we may do that in a month. Hold on. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Come find come find us at platoniclifemates.com or platoniclifemates on Instagram, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. And thank you, Beth. This was great. Have a good week. Bye.